started the Maimer last week, the Maimer Maim Rabin, which is about not not drowning in the of this world and, and worries of Parnassa and other concerns. So we started this Maimer from Balatanya last week. Maim Rabin la yuchlu lechabas is ahav and the horse leishdafu, which is based upon the pasuk and shir shir. How all the all the waters, all the floods, and all the rivers of this world cannot wash away the love. And we spoke about the different pshatim we in the Rishonim about what is whose love. So really, there's no contradiction. The Tanya is focusing on on the love that Klai Yisrael, the Knesset Yisrael, has for Kadosh Baruch Hu, That all of the waters of this world, we don't know what those are yet, the waters of the world, but they can't extinguish the fire of a Jew's love and the Jewish people's love for Hashem is Baruch. And we began with a commentary, first explaining that point um, of whose love are we referring to, and whose love is it anyway? And and uh, we were up to we 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 were up to um, we finished the right hand column on the first page, which which uh, you see ends with with uh, footnote five. And we were just going to read footnote 5. So the Tanya has already told us, as we see there, at the heading of that paragraph on the right side, that that when it says in Shirashim that the Maim Rabbim, the great waters of this world, it's referring to the Tirdos of Parnosa, the preoccupation and the confusion and the, 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 um, the tension and so on that comes with a person having to earn a pranas in this world that we spoke of, why would HaKadosh Baruch Hu put us into such a world where he where he's told us that our tachlis is to serve him and to be attached to him and so on and at the same time to throw us into the to throw us into the maim rabim of, of pranas and all the things that we have to be so busy with all the time that don't, that don't give us a moment to, to think about what's the tachlis of being in the world so so we had read that paragraph of the commentary on the right side, Hinemayim Rabbim called Tirdos Apranosa Vahamachshavish Abinyana Yalam Hazeh. That is referring to, it's referring to that the Maim Rabbim and the Naharas, the floods and the rivers, are talking about the Inyanam of Panosa that are confusing a person and that are constantly rushing through his mind. That's why it's referred to like a, like a river. But he can't concentrate on anything else because it's rushing through his mind. And he's not able, even during the time of davening, he's not able to concentrate on anything because, because even though he doesn't want to, he can't help but think of, uh, of the Nyanam of Parnassa that he has to take care of and all the tirdas of this world that revolve around the Parnassa. So just, let's, let's just read together footnote 5. It's important to understand all, all the way on the bottom where it says 5. Zel gamken hadiuk tirdas that's why the Alter Rebbe was medayik to say the tirdos. Now the translation for the word tirda, tirda doesn't mean tirda m- means to be distracted, to be distracted, to be to be torrid is when a person is is busy or preoccupied. But here it means a distraction. So he says v'zel gamkin adik tirdos apanasa. And was the Rebbe did not say that a person is 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 uh, 
busy with his panos, with the asik, with the business of earning a living. Dal asik a panos davinu. Now, to be busy actually going to work, that's not the issue. To go to work, we've been commanded. The Torah tells us that, that we. The Torah tells us that we're commanded to to go to work. That we all have to make a kli. We have to make a vessel to receive the brach of Hashem. And sometimes, because of the concealment of Hashem's light and presence in our lives, we have to really work hard. We have to work hard in order to make ourselves into kalim to receive Hashem's to receive Hashem's bracha. We have to work very hard. Most people try not to do this, judging by, you know, what happens when you when you work with people. Sometimes you have to even not only work, use your goof, like we spoke about this last week. That most of our ancestors were physically, uh, physically preoccupied with work. Schlepping and carrying and running and coming and going and selling and buying, but it was more of a physical involvement. Then there's another there's a, <clears throat> there's another level of tirda beyond physical tirda, which is intellectual tirda and emotional tirda, where the person has to use his seichel to earn a panasa. The seichel, which is obviously the most precious thing that a person has, is his mind. That instead of it's one thing if a person if a person is busy. You know, fixing a shoe or, or or sewing a suit, and he's and he's and he's doing a good job. But at the same time, his mind doesn't have to really be invested too much into that. He doesn't have to invest his kaycha seichel. He does he does a good job. But the tirda is that actually a person has to use his seichel for his business to earn a living. That the only reason the person, I mean, the reason the person has to go to work is only to create a kli, and it's to create a vessel, and it's a, and it's only a lavush. It's what it's an external garment, in order to give the person the opportunity to receive the blessing of Hashem. Not God forbid that what that your work is the is the mocker is the source of. Your Parnasa. Therefore, a person's Yigiyah, a person's labor and hard work should only be what's necessary for the job to make the to make a living. It's not that he should have to sit around all day and night with all kinds of strategies and chachmas and tachbulas to figure out that he's making all kinds of pilpulim. Then instead of instead of and and rashbas and rans, he's harving all day long thinking about new svaras, about how to do this and how to make that. It says in Tehillim that, that you work with your hands so that you should eat. And it means with your hands, Davke. That doesn't mean Yigiyas HaMoyach V'Halev. Obviously, if a person, if a person, a person has the type of a Parnosa where it requires constant, uh, <coughs> constant mental effort, so you can't, you can't tell, tell a doctor you know, that he doesn't have to concentrate so much. He's a Isaac and Sakonis Nefashis. It's not a regular kind of a job. 
But when a person, let's say a person has a business, a person has a business, whatever it is, he sells this, he buys that, he has a store, so that a person should be unvalilish, should be using his kaya seichel constantly, you know, to be thinking, thinking about these and yonim, so that it says in David Amal said, kapecha that it with the work of one's hands one eats. But to invest one's mind and one's heart into what? Into parnasa. Physical things need to be done, it's true. But they but they should be done below lev v'lev, without pouring your heart into it. You don't have to do something physical below lev v'lev, with, with all of your kachas and nefesh and kachas and seichel. We see that uh, it's very hard that it should it should be that way. Look, we spoke about this last week. That when it comes to when it comes to learning, a person's too tired to put his mind and his life into his learning. He can't put his mind and his heart into learning. When it comes but when it comes to something some Indian of Parnassus, so that's where he puts all of his kaikas, his mark and his life. <coughs> that's the Diak that the Tanya uses tirdos arpana, so the distraction. Even if a person is in such a low situation that what that he has all these tirdos that are taking his mind, in other words, that he's that he, rather that he has to be tired all the time, preoccupied with parnasa. That means he's not on the high enough madrega where he realizes that it's the brach of Hashem that makes you wealthy. That you don't have to, you don't have to put your mind and your soul and everything, all your kaiches, into earning a parnasa. And this person thinks. That the more he invests intellectually and emotionally into this panasa, the more brach he's going to have, and that's not true. That's how the Rebbe, the last Rebbe of the Shalom, his Maimer, Maim Rabbim, that's how he explains that even such a person who is on the lower level of Bitoch, in other words, we're dealing with a Jew. Who puts all of his kaiches into Parnassah. When you pass by and you see him going like this and going like that and talking to another Jew or something like that, it's not about the Gemara. If you listen in, he's talking about some new thing and some new chap about how he can make an extra $10 or $10,000 or whatever it is. He's, he's, he's making pilpulim and Parnassah. And he believes, why is he like that? Why is it day and night? Why is it day and night? He's afraid that maybe you have a person that listens to his messages every 15 minutes. Maybe, maybe could be there's another. Could be something, right? He, maybe there's somebody. There's a baskal that someone has for me. Maybe some more panasa. Obviously, I'm not talking about a poor person who uh, a person is poor never. So he has to every single second. Uh, he has to bring home food. I'm not talking about someone who doesn't have food for his family or can't pay the yeshiva. But a person who has what he needs, has even more than what he needs. And he's torrid all the time that maybe there's this message, maybe there's that message that he can't sit and learn with the yeshiva das, with manucha. Or even when a person goes a little bit on a vacation, he's torrid all the time. Now you have this thing, this, the, 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 what's it called, the little computers, the, um, the laptops, the laptop. <coughs> so it goes all the time with the computer. That he's, even when he's someplace away, he has to be torrid. And the whole firm is depending upon him and then all these people and everything. The tear disappears. That a person 
these are the the Rebbe saying that even a person who's torrid with Parnassah, who actually believes in Parnassah, it's not that it's B'delay's B'rayu, but he, he believes in Parnassah. He believes that this is the this is the ikani side and he and of his life. Nabuch. So even that person, the love for Hashem is not extinguished. It's a chiddush. Even with such a Jew, the Maim Rabbim of all of his tears of Panosa cannot extinguish the love that he has for Hashem. So there's hope for every one of us. On the left hand side on top, in the commentary. Not all the way on top in the commentary. Right? So that's why they that's why the Pasik says Mayim Rabim, many waters. Rab Rabim doesn't only mean many, it means great and powerful. Shu al Darak Mashakosov Rabbis Machashovas Belaiv Ish. Rabba's Machashovas Belaiv Ish or the Mayim Rabim. Many other thoughts in a person's that that that, that take up a person's mind. Rabbis Machashovas in the in the heart of a person those rabbis machashovas are the maim rabbim. Shema machashovas are rabbis shebeleivish. Those are the many. Those are the many thoughts that pass through the heart and the mind of a person. that are distracting and, and occupying the person. Till he has constant svekas doubts about everything. Could I have done it this way? Maybe I should do it this way. Should I? You know, again, with the buying and the selling and the, this person, that person, all of these svekas and machshavas that don't give the person any menucha. That, that don't allow the person to have menucha. That's what he's saying. You see the people that they go, that, they, that the whole life is with the stock market. That the whole life, you know, that that the wives are waiting with bated breath because they because if the market is down, it means that they're gonna it means that they're gonna suffer from their husbands. The husbands are gonna be miserable, and if the market is up, it means the husbands will come home and say, "Hey, shalom aleichem," you know, a smile from the husband. And the children, the whole the whole the whole chiyus, the whole chiyus of the house depends upon uh, upon the stock market. And, and, if, it, and if, it's, if the stock market is not good, so then everything turns sour, and the person's whole life is is, is bitter and sour, and the children and the wife and service and hasushalom, and people at the, the Namasiyach Das. I've mentioned this many times. You see, like they have in, in New York. I mean, I, Baruch Hashem, I'm really not there. Uh, maybe more than once every shmita, but and and that's it. And even then, I just uh, come and go out, you know, to do what, what, what I was sent to do. But the I mean, for, you know, I have to go for dinner to the Marriott sometimes. That's that's true. Yeah, I go once or twice a year for dinner. But but the um, but you see people that, that I remember. I told this to you once that I, I went with I went with Bachar from the yeshiva. We went we went we went out for went someplace for the day. So we went to Kosher Delight, the city. I don't remember what street it was, 38th or something. I don't know. Anyway, there's a Kosher Delight in the city. So we're sitting there with the chef of the guys, and we're having lunch, and and by and by the glass by the so I was trying to sit there and eat, and then I saw like there were like dozens of people standing outside the the windows. And I always think it's a funny thing when people are eating and somebody stands outside the window watching you, you know? But they weren't watching the people eating. There's a there was a stock thing, a machine, and there there's a there are constantly people standing there like me, I and Yovah Ezri Jews and people and all the Havdal non-Jews that are standing there waiting to see every single price as it comes in every minute. Not to be misich das from wherever they go, not to be, not to be das from the tirdus, that the person doesn't have menucha. And it used to be, it used to be. I mean, one of the most wonderful inventions of modern times is certainly the cell phone. It's a gewaldige thing because at first, all people, 
they're less afraid when they're traveling somewhere and it's very important and it's very it's a wonderful thing but like everything that's wonderful there's a price that's paid so it used to be that a person was in the car so he knew that in the car he has no bravery it has to be quiet right he has to be quiet or even if he's in a train or he's in a boat he means that it, what he could think a little bit he could maybe listen to a tape you know he could listen to to, to something or to relax a little bit just to be alone now we're living in a time where at any second the manucha can be interrupted could be interrupted. And you can, and a person could be in Eretz Yisrael. And he has his like week. This is it. My week. And they're calling him from work because of this and that. As if work wouldn't succeed and they wouldn't, it wouldn't, like the whole world is going to fall apart if he doesn't tell them to buy it, to sell. The whole thing is, the whole thing is, 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 is mamish a mishak. It's a game. With this, and everybody's so important, you know, with their cell phones and with business and so hush of making decisions and, and they're depending on you and the firm. That's all. You're going to lose your job. You're going to get your job. These are all levushim, 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 kalim, kalim, shainim, that a person becomes so torrid that he doesn't even know what's the tachlis of his life and he has no menuch, he has no yeshivadas. When every single time that I, that I see like a picture from the 1950s and the 1940s, I have like nostalgic. I, I don't remember. I was only born in 1957. I don't remember. But I feel nostalgic because, or when I see like a painting of like a horse-drawn wagon. You know, even though like, like I asked my father, he says, ah, life was miserable back then. You know, everybody gets like, like I feel like nostalgic. It must have been so geschmack. He said, what geschmack? He said, everything was terrible. It was miserable. But my father said it was very hard. I mean, life was very, very hard. Physically, it was hard. But, but he says, but emotionally in a diamond. Life, the quality of life was infinitely better. The quality, physically, it was backbreaking. It was backbreaking. Because just the malacha was so hard. And, you know, the busyness and the dirt and the, and, and the poverty. But my father said that, that the Yishev Hadas was unbelievable. The Yishev Hadas meant that when you... When you you did, you slept, you took it here and you took it there. And you, but you had your mind, you had your heart. And when you were finished, there was, nothing, there was nothing else. It was just your wife and children. That's all there was. And your Gemara. You're right, and you made a Gemara. That there was nothing else. And there's a, <clears throat> the nearest house, and you look at these, like the nearest house is like, like, you know, like a mile away. Can you imagine what? We don't even know what it's like anymore. Our children don't even know what, what don't even have a saga. What's it like without beepers and without cell phones? That there's such a thing that a person can have privacy and quiet. The is not masig. Bechlal not masig. When I went to see my parents for, for a few days in Miami, so I didn't have any of my, you know, I didn't have my machines. I didn't have my machines. And I see the Baruch Hashem, everybody's still religious when I came back. You see that? Baruch Hashem. Yeah. And I didn't have, even better. Even better. That's why I always say when I'm away for this. I say, it's even better. I'm only interfering with them, messing them up. They're fine. Everybody's fine. So... So with that, you know how you know how it's an amazing thing. I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there with my with my with my father talking on on the porch there, overlooking the ocean. And when do I have a chance to sit with my father, and my mother, to have uh, to just to be able to talk and to relax? And 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 every little while, like I'm feeling to see like what's going on. And you know, how come nothing's happening over here? And I didn't hear from here. I didn't hear from there. Like and 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 I'm nervous. Maybe you know I. You, the the tears that took away from us our our, our neshamas. This I think is such a nisayin before Mashiach comes to ha- to be able to sit down nowadays like we're sitting right now and to have to have a half hour an hour that we could just be 
focused and, and to be able to dive in a little bit and to be able to, to sit down with a child and to talk and to, and to that's what I was saying Friday night right and to be with a person and to be with a Gemara and to be with a friend and to, it's such a Nisayan now that our our fathers and mothers didn't have this growing up these Nisayanas of just tear this of the Maim Rabbim the Maim Rabbim was there, there was different kind of Maim Rabbim it was a different type of Maim Rabbim it was it was it was hard work. It was a much harder life for our parents and grandparents. It was a harder life, but but there was a sweetness that's missing now because because of all of these because of all the tears. this and that's what this whole tire is about. Like so, why why do we have to go through all this? What's the tachlis? So the imkolze, the second the second the what's uh, highlighted there. and despite all of this. The love can't be extinguished that a Jew has for Hashem. Shubchinas ahava hamisuteris. Sheyesh bekol nefesh mi Yisrael, which is the hidden love that's in the soul of each Jew, v'teva in his nature. Nebchinas nefesh elokis. Nebchinas nefesh elokis. That comes from the godly soul. Lamros sheetirdos apanosa hein nebchinas ma'im rabim. Even though the tears of Parnosa, Mamish, Maim, Rabim are are the floods, the great waters. Shashait Fisis Vahalev. And we're not talking here about the waters that are washing away physical existence, they're washing away a Jewish mind and a Jewish heart. They're washing away your mind. They're, they're just they're they're flooding your brain and your heart and you can't think of Dvaram Shabakdusha of holy things. Mikol Makum nevertheless. That's what he's saying. Even these great waters cannot extinguish the natural love that a Jew has for Hashem. That's hidden in the soul of each Jew. Because this Ahava comes from a place beyond. It comes from that place we were talking about, Mimamakim. Beyond, beyond um, all of those tears. It comes from a place much higher than Wall Street, much much higher than all of these places and all of the things of this world. The nature of the soul of a Jew is to cling, to 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 rise up above like a fire, like a fire that's 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 like a fire that's leaping towards Shemayim. As it says right there in the Pasuk, right before that in the Pasuk, that this love is like like fiery coals, a flame of Hashem. That's what it means, Shalheves Ka. The reason that the, that the flame can't be extinguished is because it's not of your own making. That flame is a shalheves yud hey, a shalheves ka. It comes, the flame comes from a different place. It comes from the chelik elokam yimal. The Rebbe explains, since the love that the neshama has for Hashem is a natural one, it's inborn, inbred. Since it's natural, Whenever a Jew wants to come back to Hashem, it's like coming home. It doesn't have to be something that you create within yourself, that you that that you manufacture. That's not there. It's there. 
Just the opposite. All the tears of this world are unnatural for us. It's unnatural for a Jewish mind and a Jewish heart to be preoccupied with things that are physical, that are of this world. But the most natural thing for a Jew is to think of Hashem and to be connected to Hashem. You don't have to you don't have to work hard to give birth to Ahabas Hashem. On its own, naturally, a person is drawn to Hashem with great love and great desire to be to be what to be included in Hashem's Baruch. Therefore, nimshla ha'ahava Therefore, the love of Hashem is compared to a fire, to a flame. As it says, It's like a shalheves, like this fire that rises on its own. Once it's once it's been started, the shalheves, the shalheves, it's nat- the nature of the shalheves is, is to rise above. That's what the Tanya says, a beautiful thing. In the Lakute Tairan Shir Hashirim, in the second Tairan Shir Hashirim, he explains the Lashon that we used in Davening a few minutes ago. In Hoid Lashem Kir Bishma, he says, in the Pesach, listen to the, listen to the, to the Lashon HaKadosh, the Hebrew. He says, Hishalalu B'Shem Kodsho. Hishalalu B'Shem Kodsho. How would you translate that? Hishalalu B'Shem Kodsho. Let's say that the word halu means to praise. Well, we'll use the word, uh, the English, even though you could argue, let's say it means praise, but in Diktuk, what's, what's his halu? His poel. It's dafke, not his fil. It's his poel. So the Tanya explains in Shira Shirim, in his, in, in the Torah, he says a Gavaldigil thing. He says, what does it mean, his halu b'shem kutsho? It's like something's happening to you. It doesn't say, it could say, halu b'shem kutsho. The normal thing you would say is Rabbi Yid. Hallelujah, Hashem Kodshow. Yidin. Praise Hashem's holy name, right? Hallelujah, Hashem Kolgoyim. doesn't say that. The tiniest Madaik, it says, You see that? This is the Tiz of Anasa. We worked it out before. That's not David. I told David to do it because we wanted to do it, right? We wanted to teach a lesson. His Hallelujah, Hashem Kodshow. Why say His Hallelujah, Hashem Kodshow? So the time he says that when a Jew davens, listen to, listen to the Lashem that he uses. How beautiful the Lashem is. What do you the brings the Siddur's Vedach. It's with Divila Kimchai in it. You have to be careful that you shouldn't, when you're davening, you shouldn't be. You know, it's not, it's not a vark, you understand. It's like he's... Listen to, listen to the Lashem of the time here in the Siddur. Yeah, I mean, since Shir Shim, look at the Torah. She yispalo ha'adam, they want to do davens. Yigmar b'libay shloi ha'guf. When you davens, when you, what's the state of mind that you should have when you begin to daven? So the Rebbe says, Yigmar b'libay shloi ha'guf. Peyush nefesh ha'bahamas ha'mesavi hi ha'mespal. That it's not your body that's davening, the nefesh ha'bahamas, the animal soul that's davening. Rak nefesh chilek ha'lekomimal hi ha'mespal. It's the nefesh, which is a portion of God himself. Right, which is davening, and that your neshama is speaking within you. Divrei, so this is what you should think of when you start to daven, that your neshama is speaking divrei tefila. 
v'chol anyonim anemer b'avuhu lo yaseh dover. And all you, you don't have to do anything. Kibni ashmi elayiz, now just to hear, to listen, el harina v'hatfila shemizameris umishabachas. To listen to the what the rina and the tefila that that your nefesh elokis is davening. The kasha yigma b'libo kain, and when you make this decision before you daven, the yasa kain, and you daven this way, of course you 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 it comes out. But listen what he says. Zois ha'avoid and nikra. This is called kabbalas pnei shchina, receiving the divine presence. Receiving the Divine Presence means you allow yourself to receive the Divine Presence that is speaking within you. That the Avoidah of Klai Yisrael who is begging and throwing herself before Hashem Nikra Pnei Hashchina V'inyin shmiyas ha'adam rinasa u'mapalas u'tfilas ha'nikra kabbalas p'nei ha'shchina When a Jew davens it's called receiving the shchina Not looking for the shchina Receiving the shchina K'kliya makabal ma'asha b'saycha Like a kli that's receiving what's poured into it You don't have to, you don't have to create it That's what he's talking about the Rebbe The, the natural love that a Jew has then he ends and he says like this. He was a very big expert in dictic. Listen how he says. That's the meaning of his halalu b'shem kadsho. Which means to become, I don't know how, his halu, to allow yourself to praise Hashem's holy name. Or that Hashem's holy name is praised through you. Loshan, he says, Yes, Paul. Lo nema halalu. Doesn't say halalu. Dahainu. He says, Kishayesh bechinis gilimilamala. That there's a revelation that's coming from the higher world, from Hashem's bar, from the Shechina, as Aymel and the Shamus and Malachim al Yenim, Shetilosim Ushvachim Bahasagis Shalahem, Belakim Chaim, Shein Hatihila Shalahem. It's not your Tehila. It's not your love of God. It's not your praising God. What is it? It comes from Milamala. Your, your, your desire, your, your ability to praise God and to love God, it comes from another place. Right? Like we say, Hashem Sfasai Tiftach, How do you begin from an essay? Hashem open my lips and let my mouth speak. It's like, it's not even you. Hashem Sfasai Tiftach, Open my lips. That's, I'm asking you, open my lips, that what my mouth should be able to speak your praises. That's his halu b'shem kadsha. It's a gewaldig deacon with his halu b'shem kadsha. That's what the Tanya is talking about over here. That's nimsheches me'eleha. Me'eleha. Pasuk says, Mikolos mayim rabim adirim shbreyom. Right. Does it mean that it's coming from the kolos, or does it mean that it's misgaber ala kolos? Which kolos is it talking about? Yeah. It's exactly this. It means that the six days of the week are crazy with the noise. As mi koilos maim rab madirim mishbrei yam. 
So it's the mamish this. I'm glad you said the koylois maim rabim. It's the six days of the week. The koylois rabim of parnos and tiedus and carpal and all that stuff. So the mem doesn't mean from. The mem means a comparison. Mayal. Yeah. So adir b'mar Hashem. Even though there's so much noise that comes from the six days of the week and the maim, we call it maim rabim of the six days of the week. When it comes to Shabbos, adir b'mar Hashem. That we are able to hear the the sound of Hashem, which is above all of the Maim Rabbim, which is exactly here. Mikarlis, and we'll talk about that a lot later on the Shabbos. That's the whole the whole piece is you'll see is about Noach Naich Naich Leil Naich Shabbos. That's Mikarlis Maim Rabbim. Adi Abamorim Hashem. Adi Abamorim Hashem. This can this happen in Tfilas Hayachid or only Tfilas B'Tzibur? No, to be uh, you talking about Shabbos or this? No, the, the feeling that the um, that the uh, spirit of Hashem you're participating by His Hallelujah. Is that cannot be davening be Yeah, too? yeah, yeah. Even be achidus, even be achidus. Page base. Although it's lashon rabbi. Because, because the whole capital is talking to Heidla is talking to Knesset so. Mitam zemasinu. Therefore, as we learned, therefore, as we learned uh, earlier, mitam zemasinu. Shekol achadachem Yisrael muchalim zanav shal kiddush Hashem. Now, you could take a Jew. This is what the Tanya talks about in Yuches and Yutes in Tanya. You could take. We spoke about this in Mimamakim also. That's why you could take a Jew who's completely tarred with a non-spiritual life. You can't get anybody more tarred than that. He's so tarred he doesn't even put on talis and film. He's so tarred he doesn't even make kiddush Friday night. He, he's so tired. He's so tired that he's that he's that, he, that he's mechal Shabbos and he's and chalila and galarayis and whatever he's doing. There's no bigger tear than that. That's even that's even worse than Wall Street. Well, they can get all that on Wall Street also, but that's worse than Wall Street. The Kamamish has completely forgotten Hashem. And Afal Pichain, he's he would die not to give up his Yiddishkeit, not to convert. He's prepared to die. How could that be? This person is so completely drowning in the Maim Rabbi. And yet, he, and yet, and yet, if you tell him, uh, either, either you, you know, either you convert or will kill you, he's not prepared to, as we've seen, with very rare exceptions in history, he's not prepared to, to, to give up his Yiddishkeit. He's going to be most in Africa, Kiddush Hashem, Kshabali Deni Sayin, when it comes to Deni Sayin. When he's tested. So even a person who the whole year is totally torrid, the whole year is totally torrid, completely torrid, and you can't get him on a regular, even on a Shabbos, he doesn't hear the, the, the he doesn't hear anything except the Maim Rab. Even when he comes to Shul Shabbos, he's still with the cracks and the jokes and the Irish guy, totally torrid. But but Rashanim Kippur. Right, so you see that a person, Hashem Kippur, he worries, he's nervous, he's he's crying, and now even if a person that's not this about Yom Kippur for sure, Neilu for sure, the person's you're not going to walk into any Orthodox shul. You're not going to walk into any Orthodox shul and see during Neilu there's going to be you know lights on us. No, I, 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 I've been to many. Baruch Hashem, that I haven't. I mean, I haven't been to so many places in Neilu actually, you know, because I was wherever. You know, I grew up. I, that's where we always davened, and then uh, in yeshivas and Israel, and then and then uh, you know a few places. I have, maybe altogether six, seven places. But 
I can't imagine that in any Orthodox shul that there would be on the, by Neilu that there would be lit on this. I mean, it's not. Everybody's very, very, very serious. So how could that be? This person is completely torrid. Can you imagine the Tanya's talking about before television? He never imagined, the Tanya never ever imagined that Jews are going like the Broadway watching television. Never imagined. You had in the big cities then, you had theater. You had, you had, uh, yeah, there was theater, there was live, there was theater. With 300 years ago, this is... Sure you had, what do you mean, they used to act, they had Shakespeare, they didn't have Shakespeare. I mean, you didn't have it in uh, the Ukraine, you understand. <coughs> they had it in Poland. Sure they had, they had in all the cities, in Warsaw, in Warsaw and Lodge, and they didn't have it, all the cities had. And, and uh, my father remembers the Rabbanim screaming and yelling because they would sometimes, the, the, when it would, they would, to the large cities, they would sometimes these traveling theaters would go. Mm-hmm. And my father said that for a month before, the Rabbanim was screaming that it would be Harig Valyavra, and if you get caught, you're not going to be allowed back into the shul. You know, it was a whole thing. And then we're talking about theaters where everybody was dressed like, you know, from the Victorian age, you understand. Not talking about uh, cable TV or anything like that. And Afal Pichen, you won't be, you know, you know if, if we hear, the Rav would say, if we hear that you went to the show, you're not coming back at the show, you're Mukhram and Mushlach from the whole community. If you go to the, if you go to the theater. To, to the theater. I mean, we have no sagas of this. So the Tirdus, at least Jews in those days, the Tirdus, they didn't have the Tirdus of, of having spent 20, 30 years seeing uh, inappropriately dressed people on television and in movies. And listening to filthy, filthy music. That your whole life, you, ha- you remember the songs, you remember the, the things that you saw on television. You can't remember yesterday's Rashi. But if someone says, hey, do you remember, uh, do you remember that actress in that movie in 1972, what she was wearing? Oh, or yeah, what she wasn't wearing? 100%. You can remember. That's not a problem at all. You have it right on, right on file. Right on file. You can't remember Rashi from yesterday. So the Tanya, if you would have, if you would have known what, what, what kind of tear this, Mayim Rabbim, Panosa. The tears that people have, their minds, the, the, the unbelievable tears. Now, now with many people, halavai, they should think of Parnassah. This is already better. At least let them think about Parnassah. If they're not thinking about Parnassah, they'll be thinking, God forbid, about worse things. At least it should be about Parnassah. I was thinking, like, you know, you have, like, these guys. I was thinking about this when, um, the guys that, when they were built, when they were making the shul, they're very nice fellas. A lot of their work is all different, electricians and this, that, all running around the place. So I thought, you know, mostly, you know, mostly they had breaks. When I, it seemed to me that way. Now I was coming around like almost every time I came around. So Mordechai would explain to me, well, the union says it has to be like ten o'clock, twelve o'clock, two. There were like a lot of breaks, a lot of breaks. So when they when they were working, I had tremendous geshmak watching them. I would, I would look at them a little bit doing stuff, and this one says like this, and you know, we have to do this, and let's try. It. They were, you know, working hard and they were concentrating. But the second the guys had their break, you couldn't listen to them. You couldn't listen to them. It was like. It's terrible. The lashinus. I mean, that. And that was when they, it's like a valdegeschir that they're working because for a few minutes their minds are freed, like from gilerayus. <coughs> just for a few minutes, like they're just thinking about, like I got to do this, I got to do that, and and it's it's so good because they, it's like they have like a little bit of a, a manucha from the, from 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 the filth. But the second that the, the second that they sit down, but while they're while they're un, unwrapping the the the, the, the tafis, while they're unwrapping it, they already like back to all the to give it, to rise in such a, in such a crazy way. And <clears throat> so nowadays the tear this I mean lahadla lahadla it's not a Jew doesn't talk that way God forbid act that way, but afal pichin the tear this the tear this, you know. I remember when I was I remember when I was learning by Rabbi David Zechitzal, my Rabbi Rabbi David Lipschitz. 
So he, we, we took the Bechina in Lamport Auditorium. Remember Lamport Auditorium? So you probably also were in the, in the, the big auditorium. So Rabbi Dov used to take us there into the Lamport Auditorium to take the Bechina. And there was a big Bechina, it was for many hours. And, and my Rabbi Abdullah was a, he was a big Ayurveda Hashem, he was a big Tzadik. So he would give us these Bechinas, and we would sing the Bechinas. And, and they would be trying to concentrate, and all of a sudden, like Abdullah was thought he would start to sing. And he told us that he said it later on that he was so excited. Why? Because when you're giving a shear, you never know. There are always guys that are like, their minds are drifting. Even everybody sits there like this. But you know, this one's people in different places. Maybe there are a couple that have. But people are all over the place. They come back, they go, you know, in and out. But when it, he says, but when he gave a test, he, he was looking around, he was seeing how all the guys like were, were like you know trying to work on it, and he had such a sirus that there were that there were a hundred guys, we had around maybe eighty, hundred guys in the shir that like the whole chevri said was learning. You know, so one thing, but Rebbe, we were just distracted by the, we were doing we were doing okay, but Rebbe, but he was so excited. Now Imam was like a little child; he couldn't contain it. He did, and he said, and he said, biyachet, biyachet, l'nagain, l'nagain, biyach. So, so we all started singing v'tahel in the middle of the machine. So we don't know why, but we you know we knew he was excited. We wanted him to be happy. And he told us to all sing. So we sang. You know, we just want to get back. The other thing, v'tahel, he in the middle of the machine. Why? Because if Dov was saying, kaval. It's a moment without any tiredness, only tired, where the mind is only filled with with with, with the Gemara. But there's no not possible. No, there's no no one sitting back. Every mind in the room is filled with tired, and that that excited that tzaddik. Maybe made him feel like it. You know, this is the way we're supposed to live. And when Mashiach comes, we'll be able to live that way. We'll be able to live that way. To, have, to not to have tiredness, distractions. <clears throat> so he says, Shul Bechina shall have us abo milamala, shia nefesh shahelukis. Oh, that's good. No, no, yeah. So by saying, yeah, the Rabbi said so. Even such a Jew who the whole year is distracted in the Maim Rabbim, but when it comes to Sesame Chuva, Neelim Kippus, he's able to be serious, he's able to constantly. So you see, what do you see? You see, it looked to you the entire year that the love that this Jew has for God is extinguished. If you, would, if you would ask about this guy like in March or in April, you'd say, nah. If you'd ask about it, there's nothing doing in him. If you'd, ask about him in, if you'd ask about him in July and August, forget it. There's nothing to talk about. All of a sudden, comes to the Sesame Kippur, and you see it never left him. It never left him. It's been there all the time. It wasn't able, nothing was able to put it out. Not all the tears, not all the crazy movies and shows, not the, the sum with all the tumen, nothing. It's Naharis Lishtafu. That's what he says. Because there's natural. There's, there's, there's natural. It's like no, no matter how many trips, no matter where a person goes in, in his life, he, could, he remembers home. He knows what it is. He knows, what it, he knows where he comes from. The reason that the Mayim Rabbim cannot extinguish the love because how could you really say that even though a person is completely, completely immersed into inyanim of this world, could you really say that, that the love that his heart has for Hashem is not weakened or dimmed? 
We have to know that. That the love that a Jew has, the love that, that's in the Nisham of a Jew is a Shalhevis Abomi Lamala. If it was your own, then it could then then you could you could lose it. But it's not your own, you can't lose it. It's a godly, it's a godly fire that Hashem's Baruch has put into the Neshama. It's a, it's a fiery coal that Hashem's Baruch placed inside each and every one of us. Now, even though we could cover it up all year long, cover it up all week long, and then all year long, God forbid, but. Nothing can weaken the flame in its source. Of course, like we said, you might not, you might not feel it until you're able to. We're going we're to learn about that. About until you're able to, to clear away the distractions, but you can't get rid of it. If man's if the if the love of a Jew for Hashem was something that was coming from within the person himself, that's where it came from. That's its origin. Hashem is brought that a human being with his limited kaiches is giving birth to this love within his heart. Azai it will go out very quickly. Even with a little bit of the Maim Roim, even with a little bit of water, a little bit of a spritz, it would already put out that fire. But since this Ahava comes from the Nefesh HaKadosh, from the Holy Soul within a Jew, whose essence is godliness, a portion of God Mamish, Ukishma Nefesh Elokis, Al Kain, therefore, Ain Shumayim Baulumikham Khabas Eshalokiza. There is no water of this world that can extinguish the fire. Shakodim Islab Shusa Bugufagashmi, that because what because before your soul became enclosed in the physical body, then this Maziva Shrina, it was delighting, that's where it's that's its home, that's where it comes from. Therefore, the neshama in that, st- in that state before it came into the body was nanis, was delighting from the ray of Hashem's presence. And was completely unified with, with the infinite one, with Hashem. So, when the neshama, before it descends into the body, before it becomes enclosed in the physical body, there is nothing that's concealing, that's hiding, there's nothing that's separating between the neshama and Hashem. The very nature of the neshama is meaning to feel God's presence in a revealed way. The, the home of the neshama, where it comes from, is that its only delight was Hashem. Now that neshama is, is injected into each and every Jew. And it's still there. That its only real delight and pleasure can, can, can be Hashem. Even though a person says, no, I really like this, I really like that. That's why you can have a Jew that his whole life, he's, he's indulging in things of this world, and and then he comes to hear some some interesting shir, or he or he meets he goes spends Shabbos in the family they're singing Tzur Mishaloi Mishaloi Achalnu, and he wants to become he wants to become a he wants to become a, a, a for me how could that be 
and 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 the from that are there at the Shabbos table are thinking, boy, I, mean, I wouldn't mind trying out what this guy's been doing for the last twenty years. And this guy sitting there, he tried everything in the world, tried everything out in the world, and he hears it so Mishalah, he wants to become from. How could that be? How could it be that he that you tell how could he be how could he possibly conceive of that being more enjoyable than the things that he's that he's doing? Where anybody from the outside would say that he's doing the most enjoyable things. He's got a great job, he's got a beautiful girlfriend, he's got a terrific car, he's got a terrific place to live. He's, he's, he, he's respected. He's, and, and now what's he going to do? He's going to go sit in some yeshiva uh, and he's going to try to break his teeth over some, something and look up a million things in the dictionary and the seven-year-old kid knows it better than him. And he'll do it off pichen, And it gives him the greatest delight. How could that be? That, how could that be? How, how could he have pleasure in that? How do you have pleasure in such a thing? You know, it's a famous thing that and we'll end with this. It's a famous thing that that somebody came to um, that there was somebody that was learning in Lakewood for many years. There, there was somebody that was uh, uh, learning there for many years, and uh, he had a very big opportunity in the uh, family business to go into a very lucrative family business. It's a famous thing. It's a lucrative business. And he came to and he came to Rabaran and he said, uh, Rabbi, you know, this is the family and and, uh, and he was living a hard life, but you know, staying all the years in Kolo. But, uh, and, and he had this opportunity with somebody from the family that was going to take him to a beautiful business. And he said, and Rabbi, I'll be able, if I go into this family business, I'll be able to support many B'nai Torah, to support the yeshiva and so on. And uh, isn't it true, isn't it true, Rabbi, that, that uh, the Chazal have taught us that if you support Tamir Chachamim, that you get the same Chalik and Olam Haba, right? The same portion of the next world. So Baron said, yeah, Avad, Abba, Vasmet, Olam Haza. He says, Olam Haba is true if, if you, you get, but, but what about your Olam Haza? How can you have an Olam Haza without, without uh, Rabbi Kivega, without, uh, without a Taisus and Yavamis? Like, how are you going to have an Olam Haba? It's true, I'm not worried about your Olam Haba, but I feel bad. You're going to miss out on the whole Olam Haza. So can you imagine? Tell this to anybody in the world. And Rabbi said, you know, he was, a very, he was very innocent in that way. He said it very, he, didn't, he wasn't saying like a sharp thing. He said, he said, no, I know that. Like, the guy's going to have a, a beautiful home. He's living in a miserable little apartment. Now he's going to have a beautiful home. He might even get a pool. He'll be able to take a trip to Orlando, to a couple of trips to Israel a year. He'll be able to have nice clothing. He'll be able to make chasnas. He'll be able to live for the first time in his life in, in a decent way. And the Rashiva says, yeah, but if you're not going to stay in the yeshiva, then what's going to be with the Olam Hazer? <laughs> with the Olam Hazer. Because Rabbi Aaron understood that to learn Pshat, to sit all day and learn, there's no sweeter thing in this world. In this world. There can't be anything sweeter in this world. And only the ones that, didn't tr- that don't know that, only the Jews that haven't tried it, that don't know it, aren't lovesick with it. And because of that, they think that this is more pleasurable, that's more pleasurable. But, but that's what the Tzaddik is saying. That the neshama comes from that place where what? Where its only delight was in Hashem. And even though now it's in a body and it's enclosed in something which is so far removed from holiness, nevertheless, it, that's its home. That's its home. Therefore, when it meets up with, with, with true ruchnis, it's that feeling of being home. I'm home. And it's the most natural thing in the world. You don't have to create that. It's there. The question is how to reveal that and to live with that more in our lives, and that we shouldn't allow the Mayim Rabbim to interfere at all with the Shalhevah's car with the flame. Mitch Chum will continue next week.